The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Women's Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericawomen.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management. Welcome to Humanity Evolve with your host, Catherine Colarco. This program will bring your life, family, and community together by focusing on the new technologies and innovations that define your world in an open and relaxed forum of ideas and discussion. Now, here is Catherine Colarco. Hello, welcome to Humanity Evolve. It's great to have you on board. This is our second show, and we've got we're very well uh, welcoming to have Nadine Chrisberger with us today, and she's going to talk to us about being the goddess, seven characteristics, and going to give us two tools for us to be able to empower ourselves and really embody what the world needs needs today. And just a little bit of background about her. Uh, Nadine has been all over the world. I mean, she's studied multiple disciplines. Let's just, a touch of it is that she was born in France and she's a French explorer. She experiences technology, psychology, politics, shamanism, and journalism. She moved from Paris to New York to develop a classical music company and also she moved to Monta- to Mongolia, not Montana, Mongolia to have amazing transformational experiences and working in the parliament as a right hand to the leading fem- female politician. Then she moved into India where she had a, a thriving therapy practice and she had shows on national television. So she's very experienced in, in the world, in many different sides of that world, and she's bringing that wisdom here today in the Bay Area where, she's gonna, where she prefer, pursues her counseling work and her media projects along with others. And what's great is both Nadine and I share this passion for creating a better world and empowering people to be their best selves. So it's great to have you on board. So it's a joy and a blessing to be here today with you. So tell us what, like we've seen so much going on right now in the world, right? And and I think the the uh, the embodiment of the goddess movement was exhibited on on January 21st in the Women's March, where we actually saw that people with standing up for what they felt was important and embodying that essence of of the feminine leadership. I mean, these were amazing moms and dads and families and they had protest signs and then they had sandwiches right? Right, so they were right. taking care of those around them uh, as well as being mindful of what they were doing but holding that strength that core strength and saying this is what I want to see in the world so tell us a little bit about your journey and how that sort of embodies that essence of the goddess yes well actually just to say one word in general when we look at life and we look at ourselves ancient traditions and spiritual traditions talk about uh, the yin and the yang, basically the masculine and the feminine. Right. So we should never mix it up and think it's about women and men. It's right. It's about the masculine and the feminine. And what is it? All of us have both. Yes. And all of us want as much as possible to have both really balanced. And when there's too much of one, there's a counterbalance at some point, and it goes in the other direction. So 
what what we're seeing these days is in some parts of the world or some parts of society there's a lot of masculine energy very patriarchal hierarchical exactly. top down about control uh, authoritarian tendencies there are movements like that all over the world and so there's also a reaction of the feminine and what is the feminine the feminine is to be in touch with our feelings mm -hmm. with our intuition with a higher wisdom with the complexity of life, the fact that, you know, it's never black and white. Right. Things are, you know, evolved. Nothing is dogmatic. Right. That's the feminine wisdom and to flow with that, like the water. Yeah. That's yin. Right. Compared to yang. So we're seeing that uh, expression of feminine wisdom and feminine power expressed very much as a, as a reaction to the very strong... Uh, forces of patriarchy, which are also expressed these days. Right. And so when you, when you, the, the things that you've picked up around the world, you know, what are the key lessons that you've learned to sort of manifest the balance that you're talking about? That's such an amazing question. First of all, I think it's an ongoing journey. Every single day we work on that balance. <laughs> it's not a permanent thing that, oh, okay, yeah, you've reached the top and then right. you're there forever. Life's a journey. No, it's re it really, really is. And I think there are moments in our life when, we, when we're more in the feminine, there are more moments in our life when we're more in the masculine, and it's totally fine, you know. We can't explore everything at the same time. It's like when you're in school, you go from first class to second grade to third grade to fourth grade. You don't learn everything at the same time. So right. you have to go through different stages in life. And... This has very much been my experience, basically. Yeah. If I can summarize what the journey of my life has been, it's been about trying and be as authentic as possible to what I feel I'm meant to be. Right. So what does that mean? Is there somewhere, uh, is it written what I'm meant to be? Of course not. <laughs> yeah. Let me open the book and find right, it. Right, <laughs> exactly, and find the, the whole curriculum of my life of what I'm supposed to do and what I'm supposed to learn. No. But what we can do is to try and listen, you mm -hmm. know, to be in touch, in depth, inside, look at the synchronicities, the coincidences of life. And uh, Carl Jung, the, the psychologist, used to say they are like signposts of the universe. Mm -hmm. The way God talks to us, <laughs> it's not going to, you know, it's not a voice in our head necessarily, uh, but it's going to be coincidences, right. you know, like special encounters, all sorts of things like that signpost. And they say, okay, go and check out in that direction. Right. And if you pay attention, you pay attention, you pay attention and you follow those things, your life unfolds in ways that feel authentic right? and feel aligned with who you are. Yeah, and what is authentic in one, one decade or one year, uh, it may be transformed the next because you're, so, you're, another door opens. So there's new aspects of who you are that can now be explored because of what, you, what you've learned, right? Absolutely. So it's exactly what happened to me. I grew up in Paris. Meaning, I was in a very intellectual environment. As you all know, it's about Europe, about history, art, culture, and a huge tendency to overlook um, emotions right. and wisdom or spirituality or other things like that. It's not about a can-do attitude like here in the States. It's much more about the richness of the past, but it's a very good base to have. Right. After my studies, I escaped because I wanted to find myself. So I studied business, international affairs, all those things, but I left... And where did I go? To New York. Because New York is that one place where you can be free to be who you want to be or at least to explore. Mm -hmm. There's such a diversity of people from around the world. You can find so many different kinds of teachings. Right. And so I moved to New York. I developed a classical music company because I adore music. And I think that's one of the most beautiful sides of our human species. Right, is music. Right? Yeah. And um, But then in parallel, I also... 
uh, became a therapist, a Jungian therapist, and also worked with a lot of shamans, meaning people who still embody a wisdom from traditions which we often have um, lost in the Western world. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, until the 17th, 18th century, there were people who were psychic and shamans basically in Europe, everywhere. But one or two million of them were killed and, uh, as so-called witches. Mm. You know, and we lost that connection to the mystery, to the feminine in many ways, uh, you know, in the interest of science. Yeah, it was, uh, you talked a little bit about this in terms of, um, I think what's really interesting is, is that the, the point of this is to, that you want to actually achieve tools to enrich people's lives. Yeah. So actually use the wisdom of the past. Exactly. And the knowledge of today, right? Mm-hmm. And the technology of today and combine them into and and the ability to enrich people's lives. I mean, you and I started talking about artificial intelligence and and humanity, right? Yeah. And how it all evolves. And I think it's also important what you're talking about um, with regard to the what we're going to move into is is sort of this new perspectives, right? Actually being able to look at the world with new eyes or or be able to learn new perspectives and actually use that to gain more wisdom for yourself and what you're going to do. And I, I just think that's that's really valuable. Those two things yes. are really cool. Yeah, so my way of doing it was to go from one country to another because the, the metaphor I use is, you know when you have a tree yeah. and you put the tree in a certain soil, right? the <laughs> nature of that soil is going to d- determine the kind of fruits and flowers growing on the branches. Yeah. So exactly. for me, I put my roots, the roots of my tree, in a different soil whenever I felt I was plateauing mm. and I needed to get new fruits and new flowers. And right. learn basically new aspects of myself and of life. So I followed the inner guidance, the outer guidance, and I took a one-way ticket, one suitcase to the big island of Hawaii, where after New York, after six years in New York, where I had those so in Hawaii, I had those very powerful experiences, very primeval, you know, with the lava flowing out of the <laughs> volcano and all those really, really amazing experiences, very, very much in touch with nature. And after that, another one-way ticket, one suitcase to Mongolia. Mm. And there, I thought I would meet an old shaman woman and become her apprentice. But instead, I met a woman who's the leading politician of the country and also the leading conscience of the country, the main person fighting corruption and for balanced democracy and it became her right hand. Mm. So suddenly I worked in parliament and in government and I was a little bit in school of how you run a country, which is a very different experience, you know, (laughs) but so helpful, you know. Yeah. So what did you, I mean, that's such an amazing transition from New York to Hawaii to Mongolia. Right. What one thing did you, what insight did you get out of that experience in Mongolia? You know, what was the the most like, wow. Okay, so the, the first thing is like, to not plan too much. Because <laughs> if I had planned and found a job before I went to Mongolia, I would have never met her and I would have never had this most insane experience. Right. Of course, I was the only foreigner ever to work in that government building and we, we, we traveled everywhere in Asia. We were the official guests of all sorts of weird places. That happened because I didn't plan in advance. So I did my homework mm. very hard, you know, to meet as many people as I could. And once I met her, I really, really went after her, you know, and all yeah. that stuff. But I was open to the mystery of of possibilities, you know, right, and so right. that's that's that was a huge lesson for me. Yeah. Um, and the second thing is Mongolia, as you might know, uh, it's a place of nomads. Right. So there's a free spirit atmosphere. There is a the, the spirit is really about uh, the freedom to be yourself, to flow with the elements, with nature. It's the coldest capital in the world, you know. <laughs> but they adapt and they have such a 
nice perspective on life coming from that. And, and because it was so far, even though it was part of the communist bloc, they, they maintained a lot of that shamanic uh, tradition and wisdom. wisdom. Mm. Yes. Mm. So, but then after a while I was done. Right. And where next, where next? I met someone who was in the government in exile of the Dalai Lama. Right. And he invited me for a teaching of the Dalai Lama to India. And so I was like, okay, that's my next one-way ticket, one suitcase. <laughs> and I ended up in India. I ended up there for more than six years. And I developed a therapy practice. And I worked with a lot of people in politics and business. So I combined basically my backgrounds in business and politics with the psychology. Mm. Uh, why? Because my point is, if people who are in positions of power and are in positions of impacting society, are more in touch with themselves, mm -hmm. are less neurotic, <laughs> you know, are more at peace, are more aware in general, mm -hmm. of course their impact is going to be uh, different. Right. So I felt like my work is leveraged if I work with that kind of person, you right, know, so right. I did that. And, um, and again, I didn't plan any of it, but I showed up, I did my homework. As one of my teachers said, remember, you never do, you never do destiny. Mm -hmm. You... You show up, you do your homework, and destiny does destiny. Mm, I love that. You show up, you do your homework, and destiny shows up. Destiny does destiny. Does destiny. Yeah. 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 It's, it, it's, it's amazing in the sense of, it's a, a, you know, you, you have to prepare inside, right? You have, to be un, you have to understand the direction and the purpose of your life. And we're going to talk a little bit about that um, in the next segment, is to talk about how the meaning, the goddess, and the, me, the characteristics of the goddess actually create and interact with the meaning of meaningful life. What's also interesting is how do you actually in, in embrace that openness, right? How do you, you know, decide and go, but leave yourself open to what might show up because it might be bigger than you think, right? Yes, yeah. it's such an amazing question. You know, a part of us can be terrified. Right. And, I, and I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you and say, yeah, I was totally cool, you know, to show up, <laughs> right. you know, to in a country where I had never been. I had never been in Mongolia. I had never been uh, in India before, you know, so when you show up, you know, you're like, uh, what's going to happen? <laughs> so the inner child, to use that image, you know, my inner child was, of course, freaked out. Right. But the wise woman in me, the one who leads my life, basically who makes the decisions was like, no, to become who you're supposed to become, you have to make that step. Right. And as I said, the red thread of my life has been trying to listen to that. Right. And there, the, there were different stages of apprenticeship. So there was the, the intellectual upbringing in Paris, there was business in New York, there was politics in Mongolia, and there was media and psychology in India. Those are very different kinds of training and experiences in very different cultures. So it piles up, and now I'm at the stage, now I'm based in California, where I can combine all those tools. Right. And I feel I was taught by life. It was, it was, it was a very rich curriculum. Yeah, I, I, I love that. The sort of the synthesis of global knowledge into empowerment of humanity. Yes. And I, we, you touched on two of the characters, but I'm very interested in talking about the, the sort of the principles of, the go of being a goddess. And what are, you, you mentioned before we got on air a little bit about the round table and what was the blueprint. And, and I'd love to talk about the, the goddesses and who's at your round table. And you mentioned two of them. Right. So let's build on that just before the break. We, we've got a few okay. moments for you to introduce that. And then unfortunately, we're going to have to break and come back and talk about uh, the rest of it. Okay, perfect. So basically, very often, we are all full of contradictions. You know, when we try to right. understand ourselves, we're like, I don't understand. A part of me wants this, another one wants that. But the third part is afraid of what the second part wants. Like, so 
over time, I developed this idea of a round table. Basically, we have a number of characters in us. Right. Each one of them has different desires, different needs, and different tools, and different limitations. And I, the way I see them, it's as if, as a woman, I see it as a queen, let's say. <laughs> Uh, or it can be like the image of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round, Round table. table. Basically, the image comes from that, of course. Mm -hmm. And so I have a queen, and she's the wise one. Okay, she's the one who has a large perspective on what my life is about. Right. She's about wisdom, intuition, all those things. And around the table, we have all the characters. We have a little girl, we have an adult lover, we have an adult doer, <laughs> we have a parent. You know, we have all those people, and they often fight. You know, they often want very different things. So the point is, A, to know who they are. Right. B, to listen to each one of them. And C, at the end of the day, I want my wise woman to decide. Mm -hmm. I don't want my life to be led only by one of them. Right. You know, at some point and then another one at another point and all of this because it can be extremely destructive. Right. Exactly. So in, in the essence of this, this, this goddess, you know, wise round table, if, if, if you were... Uh, sort of embodying that, you know, uh, where did that arrive? You mentioned recently that, that the origin of it was that there was a single goddess and that it was mm -hmm. actually uh, uh, sort of deconstructed into many. So this aspect of having many pieces, can you briefly touch on that and then we're going to go a break yeah. and finish that. Okay, yeah. perfect. So that's another idea and uh, uh, as you listener might know, listeners might know, thousands of years ago around the world in our species, people were worshipping one mother goddess. Right. Uh, and that was the case for a very long time. And why? Because they knew that life came from the woman, you know, from the feminine. And at some point, let's take the case of the Middle East, a few patriarchal groups came, and they knew that to impose their, their, their rule, they had to split the worship uh, for that one goddess. And over, it took hundreds and hundreds of years, but basically, gradually, it got split into a number of goddesses. And it ended up in the Greek and Roman pantheons right. uh, with the goddesses that we all know, you know, Venus right. and Athena right. and yeah. so on and so forth. Diane, they have different names in Greece and in Rome. And each one of them represents a different side in us. Mm. They all fight, of right. course, right. In, those, in that pantheon. But the point is that even though each one of us might have one or two or three of those goddesses or gods, because it's the same for, for the masculine, uh, we want to have all of them activated. Right. And I think we're, we're going to end on that because we're going to talk about what this wholeness means. Because what this is about is championing all of the aspects of who you are. And we're going to come back after the break and, and, and talk about the pieces and how, how to actually celebrate you are, who you are as a whole being, and allow you, that to be truly authentic. So we'll come back after the break. This is Catherine Calarco. You're listening to Humanity Evolve with our guest, Nadine Kritzberger. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? 
Live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is Humanity Evolve with Katherine Colarco. To reach our show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. Again, that's 1-866-613-1612. Or you may send an email to info at ccolarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve. Welcome back. Thank you so much for rejoining us. We were just talking with Nadine about the elements of the goddess and the different parts of the round table and really how to use the different aspects of who you are at different times and create that balance and celebrate your wholeness. And I just love that concept, Nadine. I would let's let's talk a little bit more about it. Can you kind of explain what you what you mean by the 12 uh, the, the round table? Who, round table. who are they? Who are the round table and how do we get these girls to to work together? To work together. <laughs> Are those guys? Those right? guys, Spanning. yeah. We're, we're, Spanning. we're right. Spanning. Both. We love yeah, them both. Yeah, I like. I like the idea. It's easier uh, when we're a woman to think of the queen and for the man to think of the king. But those are only images, so everyone does uh, whatever they whatever they think and whatever is convenient for them, whatever is more, uh, whatever is easier. So basically, there is this idea of the queen and the round table of um, characters, which are all different facets in us. Uh, those facets, we discover them over a lifetime, mm. and um, and also they evolve, you know, in their characteristics, really. But the essential ones are the fo- as as follows. Basically, the queen is the person in us. The I, I see it as the wise woman. So for all of you listeners, basically, if I say wise woman, what's the fir- or wise man? What's the first image that comes to your mind? Whatever it is, mm. you know, it can be. So for some people. They tell me it's some uh, actress or actor in a movie. <laughs> other people, it's a it's a it's a hero in a novel. Right. Or other people, it's their grandma. Right. You know. Right. Or other people, it's an older version of themselves. themselves. Right. Yeah. You know. So it really doesn't matter. But the the point is, get an image of that wise side in you, mm. and then ask yourself, the, do you have a name? Because that can be really useful. Hmm. Is it just wise man or wise woman, which is totally fine, but some people say, no, the name is so-and-so. That's a good idea. Yeah. And it's super useful because then you can begin having a dialogue with that side in you. You know, Mm -hmm. like for instance, so the wise side in us is the one which has wisdom about life, about (laughs) difficult circumstances, who that's the side in us knowing, oh, wow, this is what my life is about. Or that's the side in us which can do the work to understand what is my life about and so on and so forth. It's about intuition, feeling, spirituality, and so on and so forth. So I can have a dialogue with that side in me when I'm confused about a situation or a person and ask my wise woman, 
what do you think about that? Right. And you know, and the moment you have a character like that and you can have a conversation, things become much clearer. Right, right. You know, so that's a really super simple and yeah. easy tool, but it's a good one and uh, it works. And I've, you know, tried it with hundreds and hundreds of people around the world. It works for everyone. So that's the queen right. at the head of the table or the king. Mm-hmm. Second part, we have different adults. So at least three, very broadly. One is the adult doer. So the doer, it's the masculine side in us. It's the one which has an idea, goes, creates a company, yeah. uh, leads a country, uh, builds a house, yeah. you know, makes things happen in right, us. Right. And, um, and again, I would encourage all of you to ask, okay, the doer in you, what's the image? Mm. You know, or who represents that? So cer- certain people tell me, oh, Meryl Streep represents that for right. me, or, you know, or... Um, you know, Indira Gandhi, if we are in India, you know, because she was the prime minister. So, uh, who is the doer for you? Very useful. Right. Get an image, get a name if you can. Right. Some people tell me it's Athena, yeah. who was that goddess who represented, right. you know, the masculine in a way. Mm-hmm. So, that's the first adult. And it's, you know, ruled by the rational side or by, by intellectual skills, by all the skills that we have to act in the world in a, in a powerful and productive way. Right. Number one. Second adult, the lover, mm. you know? Right. Uh, the relationship to sensuality, to sexuality, to our body. Right. You know, so Aphrodite mm-hmm. or Venus. Um, and again, who is it for you? Get an image, get a name. Right. Super useful. And uh, as we can see already, the skills and the tools and the wishes, the needs of the lover are very different than the one of the doer, (laughs) right? Right. Right. So that's why also we get confused. So third adult, the caretaker, the parent. Right. Okay. So that's a parent to children if we have children Mm -hmm. or being a parent to people around us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we parent our own parents, like a caretaker caretaker of our parents or friends or if it's a nurse or a therapist, very often they are caretakers of of many, many many people, people, right? right? And also it's about being the caretaker to ourselves. Yeah, which which is is really important. Always forget. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's not only a parent to others but also to ourselves. And the parent in us is aside in us, what, what kind of skills, what kind of characteristics, uh, a sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm. There is a bit of the doer, because to be a parent, you, you need to be a bit rational and, you know, the, that masculine yeah. side. But you need some empathy and compassion, like mm-hmm. the one you have for a child, to understand the needs of the other person, mm-hmm. you know? If there is accountability, too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, if there is too much parenting, like for each one of those characters, if that character is too prominent, right? There are problems. For instance, for someone who does too much parenting, it yeah. becomes suffocating and stifling for the other person. Right. Not enough parenting, the child feels lost. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. the child needs boundaries and so on and so forth. Yeah, and you see that in different times of people's lives, you know, and we see it within healthcare. The nurses are amazing at caregiving and often have trouble taking care of themselves or bringing in that healing environment because they're, they're doing a lot of uh, administrative tasks. So I've, I've worked a lot with, uh, you know, stress management within caretakers. You know, in the same sense, when you're talking about a lover, you know, you, you can't, you, you would, you know, dissolving into that world, you still need to do something, right? So you still need to exactly. be, be out there, and it's a lovely world, and it's fantastic, but you, you know, you got to get out of bed. Exactly. And then, <laughs> At some point, yeah. at some point, and then yeah. and then the doer, you know, the manifester, the make it happen is is a, is a, often where a lot of us are are in our lives and really want to make things happen. And but you you can sacrifice the other aspects of your life if you're constantly into drive mode.
mode, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So I, I love these elements. I think they're really good. So what's so, the next one? The so next one, it's the children. Ah. So very often, you know, you hear about the inner child. Right. I don't think we only have one inside <laughs> of us. So what does it mean when we talk about the child in us? That's the side in us feeling vulnerable. Right, right. Um, and in need of three things. It's very clear, very simple. Number one, safety. Right. You know, that's, as a child, when we are a child, we know that we cannot survive alone in this world. You know, we won't have food, we won't have shelter, we won't have anything. So, safety, number one. Right. Number two, love, mm. nourishment. Mm. So, that's the inner child is inside in us which needs to be unconditionally loved and embraced and cared for, you know, like in a really warm way. Right. And three, it's play. Mm. You know, the joy. child needs joy, lightness of being. Mm -hmm. So that's the side in us. Now, we have an inner child to the last day of our life, hopefully. You yeah. know, we mm -hmm. all do. We always have a side in need of safety, love, and play. Right. Always. Now, the thing is, depending on the kind of childhood we've had, yeah. we developed certain aspects and certain coping mechanisms which don't necessarily honor that side in us. So, for instance, if... Our parents emphasize the fact that you need to be perfect, you need to get good grades, you know, because otherwise uh, you're going to be punished, you know. We develop this good girl or good boy syndrome, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, where I try to be perfect all the time just, you know, to conform and not create waves and not to be punished. Right. And then I feel like I'm going to be safe and right. maybe I'm going to be loved even. Right. You know? Now, so that's the first child, you know, like the good child, the good kid. But it's not completely us, you know. A side of us is wild. The side right. of us wants to jump and be crazy and <laughs> just run play barefoot and in this creek. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So what about that one? If that one is not honored, mm. then in our unconscious, in a way, that one's frustrations pile up and pile up and pile up and pile up, and at some point we huh. rebel. You know? Do you think that that's where why we have the rise of things like Burning Man? And things like the uh, the abandonment of dance and a lot of these ex human expressions of of the ability to actually imbibe the child or create and go all, the way. And go all yeah. the way. Yeah, I think in a place like Burning Man, it's a collection of things because I think the sensual one is very much there yeah. also, yeah. and the creative one, and so on. Yeah, definitely. Ever one thing? No, definitely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely, and so. Uh, a child dancing, dance in general for us, absolutely. It's yeah. a child, you know, forgetting that the rest of the world exists. You yeah. know? But let me just talk about the sure. second child first yeah. and say the rebel mm -hmm. is the one which gets us out of the prison of being too perfect, of being the good child, for instance. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have a rebel active all, already when we're five, mm -hmm. but very often it's more when we're 12, 13, and that's our teenage years. So right. the rebel very often has more of a teenage kind of energy, mm -hmm. you know, in us, but some people are ruled by their inner rebel to the last day of their life. Right. You know, because they never right. dealt with their wounds of n being suffocated and not, and, and not being recognized for who they truly are. Mm. So they keep rebelling, 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 and they're all the time reacting to everything yeah. their whole life. Right. And they're rebels at work, they're rebels in society, they're rebels in their families. Mm. And it can be... So the good thing about the rebel is that it gets us away from the constraints of the good girl or the good boy, you know? Yeah. So it's like we, we break the, 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 the prison bars. Right. But the problem with the rebel is that it's very reactive and can be very destructive mm. to only be ruled by that energy. Right, right. And so 
we have a third child. Right. And that's the one that we want to be in touch with till the last day of our life. Mm. And who is that child? That's the pure, pure, mm. pure, pure child in us. You know, like when a child plays on the sand on the beach yeah. and forgets that the rest of the world exists, forgets that time exists right. and just loses himself or herself there, mm. that side in us, we all have that. Is, is that more the... The, the the pureness of of when you're born you're actually come in with exactly. that full a full white spirit of, of we a, do. and and that that's sort of the innocence of what we often try to go back to and with all the wisdom of our age exactly. to go back to embrace that so that you have the the purity of authenticity with and the 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 love of life combined with all this 12 yeah, absolutely these, you know these it's people exactly at the round table yeah. it's exactly that Mm. So basically, the way we want to function in general, the way I look at it, metaphorically, we want the wise one to be in charge, yeah. right? Because she has an understanding of where I'm at in my life, what I need to focus on, and all of that. And she gives instructions, <laughs> right, to the different adults at the table. Yeah. First of all, to take care of the little girl mm. or the little boy, mm -hmm. you know, to make sure that there is safety, love, and play. Right. That's essential. To not introduce in our life, uh, or as less as possible, people, circumstances, yeah. which will make the child feel unsafe right. or be abused and so on and so forth. So we want the adult doer to be a soldier, a warrior if need be, you know, right. and we want the parents to really take care of the child and so on and so forth. But the wise one is the one who's going to try and create balance between the different adults. Mm. Certain stages in life, we will be more in the doing mood and others will explore more relationships maybe. Right. And others, it's going to be about parenting. Right. It's totally fine. Again, we cannot do everything at the mm. same time, but we want to make sure we're aware of that. And over time, we have space for each one of them. Awesome. So uh, and I, the, the idea of actually empowering all the parts of who you are and in a way that's easy to understand enables you to go, well, what should I deploy now? Or my, uh, I'm feeling less safe right now. So I, I'm, I'm getting a, a single suitcase and flying to Mongolia. Yeah. My little child is like scared. It's freaked how, out. How do I balance yeah. this out? Yeah. Do, you, do you also name these, these yeah, so, elements? Well, the I mean, for me, are, for are me uh, like the little, the little Nadine, you know, I have an image of her. Uh -huh. And... Uh, She's six years old, right? You know, and so what I try to do is in uh, is sometimes to just ask her, "How are you doing now?" Right? You know, and I can tell you that every single time I do that, I realize that a part of me is feeling something I was not aware of. Right. And sometimes I realize I'm tired. Sometimes yeah. I realize I don't want to hang out with that person. <laughs> sometimes I feel like I want to cry right now. Yeah. But yeah. because I. I'm I'm so much in my adult doing or wise kind of mode. I don't listen to my inner mm. my little girl, you mm. know, and I completely forget her. Whereas if I ask her, suddenly I hear things. Yeah. And, and and then I can act upon it because if she's sad, I can hug her and I can ask her why she's sad and ask her what she'd like. Yeah. And if she says, you know, right now I want to go and get a cappuccino, <laughs> uh, maybe she won't say cappuccino but hot chocolate. Yeah. Uh, I'll try and do that, you know. Right. Um, right. As much as possible. Yeah, it, 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 in an interesting way, we probably do this all our life, right? So there was a time where I needed to heal and I left, you know, went and scuba dived around the world, not knowing how good that was for me, how healing it was for me to physiologically to actually uh, scuba dive and learn how to do that. Or or um, how brave it was to say, look, I want to be part of the positive change in the world, so I'm going to do something that scares me. And I, because that's what I'm supposed to do, right? I'm supposed to help 
this country or or help this company or you know bring this technology to market you know this is what I'm supposed to do and I'm going to do it in the best way possible and and I think one of the key points that you raised around that is is the environment that you work within or the 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 the, the group you're with uh, that supports that aspect of all of your pieces you know and I you know, how do you listen to that group and or, or how do you listen to yourself to know, okay, I know I'm in a toxic environment or I, or I know I'm in a supportive environment. What do I do when in order to, to manage that? Because we can't, and I know I'm jumping concepts here, but I think one of the, 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 the piece of this is that you can't live in a, in a box of Kleenex, right? You can't live in a surrounded by cotton balls, and of course. and this is I'm only going to be in my little bubble, and I'll feel happy. You know, you really have to embrace. No, I'm going to go to Mongolia, or I'm going to I'm going to you know I'm going to help this government, or I'm going to launch this new technology that no one's ever done before, and it's going to be uncomfortable. So, and I'm going to, but I've got the the tribe at my table. And I'm going to figure out how to make sure all these pieces are cared for yes. and how to rebalance it, right? Yes, I think the wise woman knows to, how, I mean, how much uh, risk I can take, right? You know? Right. And and it won't go. It, it's not a kamikaze, you know. It's not about me uh, dying, you know. Right. <laughs> so that one uh, will allow the risk to be taken, but also uh, create safeguards as much as possible. Yeah. So it's a balance between the two. So I really want to talk about the balance. And we're going to come, because I think it's really important to understand the wholeness of being in the context of this. And we haven't bring in, brought in a lot of technology today because some of the other future uh, radio shows are all technology. So this is really about human development based on multiple disciplines of wisdom. And what I want to come back with after the after this is a little bit more on how to embed that into the meaning of life. Really how to create magic in your life. How to actually utilize all the wonderful elements of you to truly uh, thrive and and create and be able to succeed in this world that's changing and and uh, and and really embody the beauty of the of the feminine and the goddess. Uh, whether you're a man or a woman, how can you actually uh, use that today, and how does that show up in its best moments, and 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 for yourself, your family, and and the rest of the world? So we're going to come back after the break and talk about that meaningful meaningful life and how do you create that using your roundtable uh, just after the break. And this is Catherine Kalarko with Humanity Evolve and our our guest, the amazing Nadine Chrisberger. <laughs> Ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. 
Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. This is Humanity Evolve with Katherine Calarco. To reach our show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. Again, that's 1-866-613-1612. Or you may send an email to info at ccalarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve. Hello, welcome back. We're just here with Nadine Crisberger talking about being a goddess and the elements of that and what makes us uh, what makes us us. And uh, we were talking about the roundtable and all the players at the roundtable and how to actually bring them together and create a balance or sort of be the master of your own life with the wise woman at the head of the table. And I just love that aspect of mastering without perfection, you know, allowing for joy and making sure you're safe, as well as being the doer and the lover and the parent. You know, I love that, that bringing that together. So maybe we could continue that on and you could talk a little bit about that creating that meaningful life from this. Yes. So basically, I think for a lot of us, the question is when we're, let's say, 90 years old and we <laughs> sit on our sofa and we look back at our life, yeah. what does it entail for us to feel this was a life well lived? Mm. You know, mm. I think it's really important to ask that question mm. because otherwise we can go through life and run and run and run and run doing things because we think that's what we need to do or we think we're going to be happy doing them but actually if we don't introspect to say mm -mm, let's say I'm 90 and I look back at my life will I have felt will I feel that this was a life well lived we might spend decades and decades doing things that are not aligned with ourselves and regret mm -hmm. and be like oh my god I wasted my life or I wasted a whole decade of my life you know um, so yeah. I think it I, 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 I see what you're saying with that. I also feel like we shouldn't judge our lives too harshly, right? I think no, you don't want to engage that perfectionist, you know, in the no, sense that... No, definitely not. Yeah. That's, that's why I, I want to... I, I don't want to have regrets. I don't want anything like that. Right. But so I want to ask myself now, here, today, what is it a life well lived? Because I don't want to have regrets. Right, you know, I don't exactly. want to... To, to start and, and be bitter about my life. Right. You know? Yeah. Don't gonna encase yourself into what you think it should be when in fact with a little effort or or you know, creating this this uh, this uh, magic around you that you can actually have what everything you want or look at your life differently even. In in a way, actually understanding these key points, you can actually understand, wow. My life is pretty good. You know, there's a lot of gratitude here. You know, that's a, that's a start. Yeah, it's interesting because I took the survey and I said, I said, oh, she goes, wow, you're happy. You're a lot happier than most people I know. And I'm thinking, oh, I didn't think I was very happy. And I'm like, I didn't realize that that I just, I am naturally, you know, that was what I, and I thought I was being very hard on myself. But she goes, oh my gosh, no, you're happier than most people I know. And I thought, wow, oh, that's really strange because I, I it's not there's a lot of not easiness about what's going on in the moment right so i think that the sort of the gratitude and bringing that into it so so please yeah. continue on this well that's an inner, interesting inner point goal. you're raising about what is happiness you know uh for six years i had this interview series in india 
And every week I was asking someone else about the meaning of life. And the question I always ended up with uh, was, what's the meaning of happiness? Mm. What's your idea of happiness? Interesting, yeah. And all of you listeners right now, what is your idea of happiness? And I can guarantee that for each one of you, it's going to be a quite different answer. Right. And also it's going to be a different answer today and in 10 years from now. Right. Or in 10 months from now or in 10 days from now, possibly even. So, but what I'm saying is, as much as possible, let me try and ask myself the question instead of going unconsciously like a blind person in yeah, my life, right, you know, right. being driven by what I believe might make me happy, but actually doesn't, you right. know. So, I'm not saying happiness is the ultimate thing that we should pursue. Right. Each one has a different opinion on that, but I'm saying it's it's let's let's just ask the question you know yeah. what is again what is a life we live and some people will say well the bottom line is how much happiness i have or how meaningful my life was and i want to bring an interesting um, fact there were studies done all over the world for decades and decades and decades to see what is happiness mm. and they did it all over the world in many many societies and there were three categories of so called happiness in every society um and it's really interesting because it was not tied to the culture. Mm. It's really something more universal and more uh, true to our human species, let's say. So in general, there were about, let's say, uh, the numbers are not exactly uh, the ones, but broadly, 80% of the people answered about something like, I'm happy when I get something which is outside of me. So when I can get that ice cream that I love, or that house, or that private jet, or that woman, or that man, or, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, and so on and so forth. So, so basically, externalities. So as long as I don't have it, I'm unhappy, you know. Mm. Once I have it, I'm happy, but it can't last forever. For instance, if I have that ice cream, I can even have six scoops of ice cream, but after that, I'm going to be like, I have to puke, right? I mean, I can't <laughs> do this anymore. So there's a limit to how much of that happiness we can get. Mm. And also, it's not because I eat that ice cream today that I won't crave it in one week from now. Right, Okay. right, right. So getting it does not mean that the desire goes away. It just comes back. Okay, so that's the first kind of happiness, and those are the limitations. Okay, we're unhappy as long as we don't have it. Once we have it, we can't have that much of it, and so on and so forth. And, you know, uh, for instance, in India, I work with so many people who had all sorts of jets and yachts and castles and everything, but there was always someone with one more jet or a bigger one than them, right? So whatever you have, it's never enough. There's right. always someone who has more, okay? So if that's happiness for you, you're, you're, you're going to have this inner anxiety all the time. Second kind of happiness, let's say about 15% of people around the world, those are people who do something they're good at, when they do it, it's like they forget that the rest of the world exists. Right. And they thrive doing it, you know. And sometimes they are artists, sometimes they are politicians, sometimes they are doctors. It can be anything. Entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs. It can <laughs> yeah. be absolutely anything, okay. Um, and that's a phenomenal thing because it's based and rooted in what the person is good at, you know. It's not only determined by something from outside that I'm going to get. Mm -hmm. And if I'm good at being a doctor and I enjoy doing it, I probably can do it for decades. It's right. not going to go away tomorrow, okay? But the problem with that kind of happiness delimitation is that it only addresses one of the characters on the round table, you know? What about the others? It's right. only about the doer. And also, what if I'm a politician and I lose the election and, uh, and suddenly I'm nothing? What if I'm a business person and my company goes bankrupt? Right. 
you know, if you, I'm only defined by that dimension, the moment, the, you know, there's a wheel of fortune, the moment it goes down, I'm lost, mm. you know? So then they found that there is a third category of happiness. Mm -hmm. What is it? Very small category of people around the world who have two things in their life. And this will answer your question about the meaning of life. Right. And, it, and it joins uh, what Viktor Frankl, who was a very famous psychologist, uh, wrote about. What are those two things? The first one, meaningful deeds. Mm. And the second one, nourishment. Hmm. So what do I mean by that? Meaningful deeds, it means, I call it, I personally call it gem. So G for what you're good at. Right. And meaning the, the skills you have from uh, uh, your parents when you were born, uh, all the people you know around the world, the access you have, the experiences of your life, good and bad, that's G. E, it's what energizes you, what you enjoy. And M, it's meaningful. What does it mean? It's going to touch people beyond you. Because even if what you do goes badly, if you know that you've touched someone in your life, if you know that you're capable of doing that, even if times are tough, you can still feel okay. Right. And you can hope that tomorrow you're going to do something meaningful again. Right. So n number one is GEM, okay? G-E-M, what you're good at, what you enjoy, what's meaningful. Right. And the second pillar, it's nourishment. So that's your own personal cocktail of things that nourish you. And it's very specific to each person. So love, spirituality, climbing a mountain, playing music, great food, sensuality, dancing, anything you want, okay? And ideally, you should have at least one element of that list every day. Right, exactly. Okay? So, that's, so when you're rooted in those two things, when you have meaningful deeds and you have nourishment in your life, those are the people who have this deep innate sense of meaning and happiness right more on the long run yeah it's a it's like the it's like this radio show you know it's this something about we know we can we have deep conversations we have excellent conversations how can we share more with more people you know how can we touch people's lives in a meaningful way that gives them nourishment and confidence and and empowers them to be their best selves so in a way this is a gift of gem Right, and exactly. I and I'm, I'm hoping that people in the audience that actually get that as well. They actually have something, and they continue the conversation. I'm, I I love the aspect of this meaningful life, and you talked briefly earlier about this inner gold. You know, sort of creating this. I love that concept. Can you talk a little bit about what this is and how to embody it? Yeah, so that's a really beautiful idea. Uh, which comes from thousands and thousands of years of tradition. And I like to talk about those ancient schools of wisdom because if, if they've existed for thousands of years and in many cultures, it means there is some kind of wisdom and, yeah. and, and quote-unquote truth, quote, truth yeah. to it. So there is an ancient tradition called alchemy. There is a Chinese alchemy, there is an Indian alchemy, and there is a Western alchemy, but all of them have the same ideas behind them. The Western one was born with the encounter of Egypt and Greece when Alexander the Great conquered Egypt. And what is the main idea behind it all? It's very simple. And it answers the question about what is the meaning of life? What is life about? So the alchemical idea is that when we're born, we are like primal matter, a big mess, you know, a big <laughs> chaotic. They called it prima materia, primal mm -hmm. matter. And in that primal matter, there are seeds of gold. Sometimes you, you can call it seeds of gold, you can call it the inner God, you can call it the divine in you, and so on and so forth. 
Now, the journey of life, the great work of life, is about finding that inner gold and becoming it. Mm. And they called it the magna opus, the great work. Mm. All of our life is only about that, finding the inner gold and becoming it. So, find, being in touch with your inner, with your essence, with all the things that are magnificent and specific to you and developing it over time. So, is this a little bit like the, the gift we're born with or the, the light within us in that same essence that you get in is, is, is that, that aspect of the best of us? It's the best of us and mm -hmm. what we're here to do, what we're right. meant to do. And so, basically, either we develop it because we stumble upon it or we dig deep inside of us to understand what are our skills, what makes us completely alive and so on, or, they said, there are crises. Mm. When we get slapped by life and slapped by life and slapped by life and in a bigger and bigger and bigger way, if we don't understand what the teaching is behind, till it's like our, the brick, our house is all like on the ground. There was a big storm and all the bricks are on the ground and you're like, what the hell, what's going on? What am I going to do now, right? So when there's a big crisis like that, either, of course, there's a risk of, of falling into depression or being like in a dark hole or the opportunity of it is that we're going to dig inside and find more of the inner gold and build the house again, but this time on more solid foundations. Right. And like an architect with a vision of what the whole house is about. Right. You know? Right, right, and exactly. And so, so, till the last day of our life, hopefully we find more inner gold, you know? We find more beautiful uh, capabilities inside of us and shine it in the world. Because, of course, we're all interconnected. Right. And it's all about, for me, trying to be a conduit and a channel you know, with all the skills that I was given to do what I meant to do in the world, whether it's a therapist or a writer or, you know, any of those things or a friend. Right, right. And I think that the, what you're saying about this inner goal, the inner being, is that the, the round table helps us to, to guide us into that and also to, to help, uh, uh, you know, shine and, and pull the pieces together so actually exhibit it. And I think we've all seen it in our lives from everything about, you know, the way that we interact with people to how we develop technology in this world, how we engage with the work that we have or our families, you know, just be, being able to um, uh, raise an amazing child or be able to help your community or be able to ha make amazing code and, and or figure out quantum physics. I mean, there's just aspects Absolutely. of all of this that we're part of. And, and I think that don't, if you get knocked down or things occur, that it's just a lesson. It's not, a, it's not an impedance. It's not a judgment. It's no aspect. You're bigger than that moment, right? And, and often we hear in, um, in, in my faith with Christian religions, it's a little bit like that God has more in plan for you than you ever imagined is available and be open to what that is, right? So in the same sense as the ancient wisdoms have the same aspect of, of this about there is... You, you, you are a miracle by being born here. The odds of you being alive, if you look at this, the big science, uh, uh, the, uh, professors of, at Berkeley and others are talking about this idea of big science. The probability of you being alive is so phenomenally low based on the fact that the planet first had to be here and then, and then the atmosphere had to be here. And the probability of all those things is that you are already a miracle. You just being here is a miracle. So, you know, if we greeted each other that way, as yes. if you're a miracle and I'm a miracle, and how can we help each other be more of that essence of that and, and support each other when we need support and, and, and give people advice when you need to give them advice and, and actually um, help each other be their authentic self by having people's back, not by actually having a knife in their back, right? And I think it's about the courage to do that. 
And and we we opened on the the women's march and talked about that. And I think that is an embodiment of it. There was a peaceful uh, expression of what we want in the world. And uh, also it was you know this this we are here. You know, listen to us. Determination, right? So it was that sort of balance. And we only have a few minutes uh, left to end. And I wanted to make sure people can connect with us. So uh, let's continue the conversation, Nadine. Where can they find you? Oh, so I have a website called naidaninc.com, so that's N-E-I-D-A-N-I-N-C.com, and Naidan means alchemy in the Chinese tradition, ah, okay. so it's basically my website <laughs> where uh, you can find some of my writing and everything, and uh, otherwise on Facebook under my name. All right, so let's continue the conversation on Twitter at, at Kath Calarco, C-A-T-H-C-A-L-A-R-C-O, or info at ccalarco.com. We want to continue the dialogue. I think what the key lessons here is that you have it within you to create the gold, the inner gold of your life, and actually engage your roundtable of, of goddesses, your, the elements of who you are as a goddess, to really be your full and happy, meaningful life. So be it. So be it. <laughs> All right. High five. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. thank you for joining us. It's been an awesome time. This is Catherine Kalarka with Humanity Evolve. Stay with us next week where we continue to talk about how to be your best self. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining Catherine Calarco for this week's edition of Humanity Evolve. Be sure to tune in again next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll talk again then.